0: Today's episode is brought to you by 3 makerspacecom That's the number 3moonsmakerspace.com. Uh, this company is ran by Dave. He has been on the show before. If you want to learn more about what he does, you can check out the previous podcast. Um, he makes high-end cribbage boards and other custom woodworking products. He's got some pre-made stuff on his website, or if you want to make something just for you or a for somebody else you can work with him directly by sending him drawings or pictures or whatever and he'll work with you directly to get it done uh he's really good at what he does so i'd recommend you check that out at three moons that's the number three moonsmakerspace.com and use the promo code UFH- ufh10 at checkout for 10 percent off your order On today's podcast, I spoke with Wisdom. That's W-I-Z-D-U-M-B. Wisdom is an award-winning Seattle hip-hop producer and makes some great music. He's a renowned vinyl collector, beatmaker, and rapper. His work's been featured on Adult Swim, and he's met some really cool people on his journey. You can can check out his latest album, Shadows, on wisdom.bandcamp.com. I think he's pretty much on every music streaming service too, but you can support him directly by buying his physical album and discography on on Bandcamp. So check it out. If you like his work, consider buying an album to show your support for local music. Uh, So we record this conversation over Skype, but we both record our audio separately. So you'll hear my voice come through a little bit on his end, but it's pretty minimal. I don't think it's enough to justify editing this thing for days. Um, I was really trying to clean things up before, and I accidentally blew a fuse in my house and lost a bunch of editing progress and had to start over, so remember to save your files frequently, guys. Um, I think it was a little bit awkward finding the flow at first, but I haven't done a Skype chat for a while, so it threw me off, but yeah, it gets better. Um, Anyway, I'll just let the podcast speak for itself. Uh, He was kind enough to send me some sample tracks, so we'll preview a few songs along the way. Alright, here's Wisdom. Oh.
1: Hey, what up, baby girl? You know I got my knitted sweater on right now, and my and my knitted ass cap, and my chain around my neck. You know what it is, girl? It's that smooth shit. You'll bust the format right. I push the wax, and backs off my doormat This is that raw rap, buttery ghetto McCormack Woo! Rappers be backstabbing producers like jackrabbits Jack With bad Rappers. habits, I split and seize like cadavers like I cut the flavor from the wax, get it together I never fake the funk until I change, this like the weather It's clever, I miss the time when DJ's had a better I never pulled the trigger, but my wrath's like a Beretta Remember, what's that, your style's is like whatever And if you won the battle, you can see me in the center yeah, or see me in the paints, right? Suckers trying to make up for the MCs that they ain't. Well, I'm Rick James when I freak on this thing. Uh-huh. She like to call me Poppy when she playing with the chain. Woo. When it comes to beats, daddy's gonna make it bang, yeah. and I ain't gonna stop until I'm lamping in the motherfucker
0: up wiz What's welcome up, man? How you to doing? the universe from here right how's it going brother
2: oh, i'm good man just fucking getting rona roinked quarantine vibes and shit <laughs> yeah shit man
0: fucking same, podcast doing the same thing Christ. everybody else is doing podcast crisis keeping you down
2: right right
1: <laughs>
2: yeah young rona that's what i call him
0: young rona <laughs> young
2: rona <laughs> featuring DJ Quarantine.
0: Uh, yeah. Man. How you hey. been? I've been pretty good, man. Just it's been, been a long uh, time Yeah. Bro, I haven't talked to I think it's been like 7 or 8 years now,
2: right. yeah, it's been <laughs> That's fucking it's been,
0: crazy.
2: It's been eons, bro. It's been a long time since I've seen your brother too, and we like we just kind of recently reconnected. It, it had been like five, six years since I seen him, so. That's yeah.
0: good. You guys are talking again. I feel like you guys have like the same kind of thing going on, you right? Know? Like he he's really been into digging into vinyl, and making good music.
2: Like, yeah, that's why I uh, vibed with him from the beginning, man. He was he was kind of on the same spectrum, you know.
0: Right. man, so all right let, let's just get all this shit out of you
2: okay
0: let's get let's get all this shit out in the air <laughs> uh so you got you're in the top five for the stranger when they're recording some album or when they oh uh, that was the top, got,
2: the top five thing that was uh when I put out bass mentality, which was yeah. actually the last time I was hanging out with your brother. He helped me put that record together and that was two thousand and fourteen I wanna say. And uh Charles Mudetti and The Stranger, he he had uh he had wrote this article in The Stranger saying uh the top five like hip hop albums of the year from Seattle and he put me up there with uh I think obviously I think Macklemore's joint was in there and then one of Ross Sion's records from uh Ross Science from Common Market. But yeah, that was like the first year I really started to get recognition for
0: anything. Well, it's kind of a strange thing to me, man, cuz you've you've been doing this shit since the beginning. I mean, you're really good at what you do. Well, <laughs> I, mean,
2: I mean, since the be- yeah, well, since the beginning of like me doing it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> since like fair. for a long time. I guess my first record came out in like what, 2008 or something like that. So Right. It's been it's been a long time, yeah, man.
0: Well, I think I remember. So it had to be between like two thousand three and two thousand five is when I first met you. Yeah. And I'm not sure how you met my brother. Like, so how did you guys actually meet? I,
2: I, so there's this dude named uh, Jimmy Jackson, and uh, he's oh, this, yeah. yeah, he's a, he's a cool guy, and he he owns this label called Disco Droppings, and back in the day. He used to throw at these events, and uh, he, I guess he had he he on his his artist label or artist roster. He had uh, your brother, at the time he was going by Crooked Teeth, I think. And then um, <laughs> and yeah. then uh, and he had my homie Mac uh, Spheramid. You know Spheramid, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's a good dude too, man. I love that guy. And uh, he was trying to uh, get me like on the label or something, or get me involved. And I was already kind of in the process of trying to do my own label kind of thing. But uh, I had met your brother through him. Uh, I, I think I just went over to his house. I think I think your brother was living in Redmond or some shit at the time, way okay. back in the day. And uh, he had heard my music and he wanted to buy a, a copy of my record for me. I don't remember which one it was. but And we met up in person through Jimmy Jackson and, you know, Sparks flew and... <laughs> You know, whatever. Right, right. Right. Oh, You like beats and you like gear and records and shit, too. And, like, we both kind of vibed on that spectrum. We both liked weird art and, like, just, I don't know, it, it, vintage stereo equipment and gear and uh, the same, like, hip-hop and the same, like, jazz, funk, soul stuff. So we were just, we kind of teamed up like that and then i like later on him i had a, you know i had this idea to start this label called low fidelity and um which would be a cassette label i wanted to do like all limited run handmade cassettes and uh i actually asked your brother i was like yo man like i want to do this you know i want to do a kickstarter and everything get this going and i you know get the, the duplicators to do everything and do all that get all that stuff but i need a partner to do it with and i asked him and he was down and we kind of teamed up together and we put out we put out base mentality was like the first release i think which was the one i did which is the one we were just talking about um and uh he put out some mixtape or something i remember i don't remember the name of it but um uh, and then later on, we brought in my buddy, Deep Lemon. And uh, I think your brother, I don't know what happened with him, but he just kind of, he met some new girl and like, just kind of <laughs> fizzled off and, and uh, just kind of became me and D. But uh, it's cool. It's, you know, I've always, I've always uh, really liked your brother, man. He's, he's uh, He's a special dude. And he, he just gets it. There's not a lot of people that really understand like aesthetically what I'm the kind of shit I'm about, I guess. There's something deeper to it rather than just making right. beats. You know.
0: Well, so that's that's one thing that stood out to me was uh you know, I've been talking to you for the past week or so and bro, I went through your discography, I've been listening to all your beats and shit. The yeah. stuff you're doing is fucking fire, bro. Thanks, but man. Your last album here—it really reminded me of a movie, and it—it it felt kind of funny. Yeah. It—it it felt kind of funny. I sent you a text. I'm like, man, it reminded me of watching a movie, and you're like, that's right. exactly what I was going
2: for. That's that yeah. is kind of what I was going for. Um, I really, um, you know, it's funny the way that all that whole thing happened. I don't know if I told you, Shadows for me was like my first solo rap album like an album where i just solely rapped on and i i i'd never put out a record that i rapped on every track before i'd always right. just been the producer and i've had other people featured and i'd you know i'd rap on a couple songs or whatever but i never uh really um did a whole entire record where i produced it all mixed it all mastered it all rapped on everything wrote all the songs you know and um and I, I, always, I never really did that because I was always kind of, um, I, I've always considered myself a producer first. So rapping was kind of a new thing to me. It still is kind of a new thing to me. And, um, but I, my manager at the time had posted this. You know, I, I put out mostly crew, which was the record before Shadows, and it kind of flopped. And um, he's like, "Yo, you know, you should, you should do a solo record. That's what people want. You, they want a solo rap record from you." And I'm like, "Nah, man." I don't, I'm too, like, I was too nervous, and I I didn't, it takes me a long time to write songs and stuff, so, like, doing lyrics and stuff, but anyways, he did this thing where he posted this, like, poll online, uh, and sure enough, like, everybody voted for, like, a solo rap album, so that kind of kicked my ass in gear, so that's what I did, I, I planned it all out, I was like, okay, well, I really liked how, um, I don't know if you know you know Mad MF Doom and Mad Lib they did that record called Mad Villain right I don't know if you've listened to that yeah, one it's a great definitely. record and uh, I always really loved how cinematic it was and almost noir-y it's film noir and and um, being with my, my dad growing up you know we, we used to always watch like vintage B movies and film noir flicks like that's all we watched and I just always loved that style of um cinema and um, there was this movie we watched called Blast of Silence which was this film directed in 19 I think it was 1959 1960 and it was filmed in New York City in Manhattan and the guy who directed it like directed it shot it all himself and acted in it as the main character on a budget of like two thousand dollars or something like that and it's it's amazing how well done it is and i was just so intrigued by it i uh i kind of sculpted shadows after that movie and i a lot of the samples in that movie or sorry sorry, a lot of samples in that record came from that movie and a bunch of other film noir flicks and i kind of modeled it after that like because the movie's about this hitman who's like on his last job for this you know, whatever mafia boss he works for and uh and it's like narrated it's like about him all the thoughts that are going through his head and shit and um i kind of modeled it after that like me trying to as like i me as this force like trying to like kill this whack the the whack shit i guess i don't know how to explain it or just like uh, well, yeah coming I out of the shadows I feel that, yeah. you know and uh that's kind of what I modeled it after I guess I don't know but it's it's yeah it was that was a long time coming man it took me two and a half years of just writing the songs finding all the samples watching just hundreds and hundreds of movies and shit and just piecing it all together um but uh I think it I'm really I mean I'm pretty proud of it um I'm really intimidated by it now cuz now I'm trying to do something new and it's like how do I top that you know
0: <laughs> well, that's that's the fucking fun in it, man. Right. So when you say that, that kind of reminds me. Like, are you a fan of Mob Deep at all?
2: Oh, I love Mob Deep, of course. Rest okay, in peace, Prodigy. So
0: the first album Mob Deep made. What album was that? Dear Juvenile man? Hell,
2: I think. Well, the the first yeah, one was Juvenile okay, Hell, not that one, and then the second one was. Um, Uh, The Infamous, which is probably the one you're thinking of. The
0: Infamous. Right. The Infamous really held a special place in my heart for some reason. Oh,
2: man, Um, that's a phenomenal record.
0: I feel like it was just some teenagers just really having fun. Right. And making some fucking good music, you know? Like, it sounded like some serious gangster rap or whatever, but it's like, at the end of the day, it's fucking, bro, it's just these guys are... They got some recording equipment, and right? They fucking figured out how to do it right, you
2: know? No, that totally, man.
0: So, so when I listen to your shit, it's, it's really reminiscent of that. So, like, you got this kind of level where you're listening to, well, you're I don't know whether or not you're listening to it, but you know, it really reminds me of like Jay Dilla and Madlib right. and fucking it. It really speaks to. Uh, what they were trying to accomplish and I think it's really a cool thing what you're doing.
2: It's I mean that's just cuz I that's what I grew up listening to man. Um just the 90s rap thing and like in high school I was listening to Dilla and Madlib and MF Doom and all the Stones Throw stuff obviously and um and um right around that time like the whole or shortly after that, you know, the flying Lotus and the LA beat scene was popping off real tough. But when I was a kid, um, you know, my, with my dad, I'd, I'd be listening to like EPMD and big daddy Kane and a tribe called quest and school ED and organized confusion and all this shit. And, um, and, uh, it really just kind of coming from like that background and then having this new era of like, uh, more abstract beats going on. I just kind of p- took the tools that I learned from that new shit and then applied it to the stuff that I love from the nineties right. and nineties. And, um,
0: okay. So this is one thing I wanted to bring out with the mob deep. I remember they had like this interlude in that album right. we were talking about. And he's like, I don't care about this space shit y'all are talking about, you know? <laughs> right? right. And, so like you almost bring it to a point where it's like verging on the spaceship, right? But It doesn't quite ever hit that. Like you, you hit this nice, deep, flowing hip hop, right? That it almost sounds like spaceship, but you're not quite there, right? <laughs> you
2: know? Yeah, I, I don't know if it's a science I really fiction respect that sci-fi thing. I just I uh, there's so many influences that comes into my music, man. It's just like I said, it's just i'm such a nerd and sucker for vintage sci-fi and and uh and futurism and like uh modernism and any type of um i don't know how to explain it avant-garde uh stuff like that and uh so it's, a lot of my stuff's going to be pretty spaced out or like abstract but also I mean hip hop has a structure I think through the beat and um you know it's I think it's some for me it's like important to keep stuff interesting and like keep stuff like uh I don't know it can be it can be repetitive and funky or whatever but it's also got to be a little abstract and weird because it's just like you know i'm not trying to sound like everybody else and uh, yeah exactly i also want shit to sound big too i want it to sound big and open and and i want it to affect different different people different ways you know so i try to i try to get that sort of feeling and everything kind of a cosmic feeling i don't know
0: so bro i i have to acknowledge this um when i listened to your music like i was bumping it in the car so like at first, I was fucking listening on headphones and shit. Like, it sounds great on headphones, but, man, when you transition to the car...
2: <laughs> you hear the bass, the you, low end.
0: You have... The the low end is perfect. Yes. There are so many people out there who don't know how to, how to work with low end. It's just phenomenal. Like, I don't get why people can't grasp that concept, but you right. are able to do it perfectly.
2: Well... I record Okay, oh,
0: so let, let me okay. let me let me add on to this too. Yeah, yeah. So you have a bunch of vinyl recordings, right? So you're literally recording stuff off of wax. I mean you do DJing. Yeah, like, DJ I yeah. DJ a
2: lot. I'm a like a record collector, record broker. But uh Yeah. I um, mean well you're doing the all, real deal, but all when the, you
0: record your shit, bro, yeah. it sounds perfect.
2: Yeah, well, it's cuz I'm sampling from vinyl. I mean, almost everything my everything from my drums to the samples to the bass. Uh, if I if I'm not sampling the bass from the record, I'm excuse me. I'm um sampling from like a a vintage synthesizer. Um so everything's analog, coming from some sort of uh outboard gear or vinyl. And that's always been kind of a rule of mine. Um not only because that's the way I learned, but I just think aesthetically, that is part of the art form in, like the in hip hop, I guess, or any type of beat-based music, is um, the foundation was sampling, and a lot of it was coming from vinyl, and it just feels more natural to me that way. And um, also because, like, a lot of the music that people, like there's so much music on vinyl that will never be digitized and nobody's ever going to hear unless you go and find it on vinyl and uh i mean you can listen to spotify all day you can listen to youtube all day youtube's pretty good but there's so much stuff i've found that i've would have never heard in my life if i didn't actually go out and dig it up so i think that's i think the world the possibilities are way more open that way you know that's i mean that's if you're into sampling or whatever But the other thing is, I was going to say about the low end, the reason it sounds so, um, I guess it doesn't peak much, is because I I record all analog. Um, Like once I finish a mix of a song or I finish a beat or whatever, I bounce it to this. I have a half inch tape machine, real, real tape machine that I actually bought from your brother, by the way. For like seventy five bucks, that. yeah, I bought it. I
0: recorded him. on that, bro.
2: Right, and it wasn't when I got it. It was something was wrong with it. It wasn't working at the time, so I, I took it apart and like fixed it and everything and got it all going. And but that thing like changed my fucking life, dude. It was crazy, and uh, and just I learned how to. The, the beautiful thing about like recording to analog tape is, like, when you peek in like. Like if you if you send a high peaking signal into a computer or a digital recorder, it's gonna pop and it's gonna crackle and it's gonna peak. But right. when you record into tape, it actually does this thing called tape compression, which is this natural phenomenon where when you're in the red, instead of popping or instead of like uh, having like a digital cutoff, your the the sounds actually getting compressed and pressed back down so it kind of almost not really distorts but it just kind of makes this warm hiss almost and um a lot of that what you're probably hearing is uh is from that tape machine or just recording analog you know um, that's why you know every you know classic beatles record or every whatever you know famous rock record ever or jazz record on vinyl sounds so good is because it was all recorded to tape
0: so yeah, I didn't realize that was a thing.
2: Yeah, it is, man. I mean, it's it's a warmer, more dynamic sound. Like with, with analog tape or with tape, you get in your low end, you're getting your high end, you get in your mids, and you have a full dynamic spectrum. With digital um recordings, um it depends on your bit rate, but you're still A lot of times they're compressing everything. Um, like they're cutting taking out the lows and the highs and and then kind of boosting the mids so you don't get this full dynamic range like that but you know technology is getting better too we got you know we're capable of 64-bit recording now which is insane it's probably even higher than that now so but you know at the end of the day tape's always going to sound better to me
0: Yeah, so, uh... kinda oh, where do we go from here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm really curious. So, when I first met you, um I thought it was strange because I think I was a drug dealer at the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if we were just fucking selling you some weed or something. <laughs> but I went over to your house, and we did... Uh, you played some beats and we all freestyled over it and we were just hanging out, right? And so there was a guy hanging out there and I can't remember who he is so don't quote me on this but it was weird when I was talking to my friend, I mentioned that oh, I met this guy and then he said, oh, whoa he was over at the fucking EDC you know he just played a a music festival fucking two weeks ago,
2: oh weird I wonder who that
0: I'm not sure who was Who was, but what do you look
2: like I don't, I don't remember what do you look like yeah, what did he look <laughs> like i don't I don't remember
0: well, he he's pretty good at freestyling no, I was more into the yeah well, no it's more into the e d m type stuff um I can't remember who it was. Was he... But it's weird was he the
2: skinny skinny white dude? I don't know if it was IG-88. Might have been him. I don't know.
0: I don't think so. Hmm. No, it was some sort of DJ, but... Anyway, it's so I I don't know. I'm not trying to, like, humble brag or anything here, but it was weird that fucking... I met some famous dude <laughs> who was over at the... Las Vegas EDM show or whatever. Yeah. It it's really strange to me that you've met a lot of really high profile people.
2: I uh, yeah, man, it just I don't know, it's just part of I guess when you stick to something you kind of start to meet people. Um I uh, you know, it's funny. I there's this um MF Doom show Way back in the day, it was one of the first shows I ever participated in. I was young too, it was like 2008, and uh, it was at Chop Suey, and uh, it was Macklemore's performing, and they needed a DJ for Macklemore. This is before Macklemore was really anybody. This is when he was still wearing like the George W. Bush mask, and he did that whole rap and everything, and um. So they had me DJ, and it was actually the first time I had ever used Serato, and I had never seen it before, and it just blew my mind. And um, I had to meet Doom and everything, which is nuts. It was one of my, like, super favorite rappers. Anyways, that night, it was the night I met uh, Mocha Only. It was the night I met Count Bass D, and the night I met One Below. And I was just a kid at the time. and I was probably, I had to miss seven. I guess it was 18 then. 2008 would have been 18. And, um, I mean, back then they didn't think nothing of me, you know. But over the years, you know, I started to develop my music and everything. And they finally, like, realized, like, oh, you're that kid that was at that show that was, like, nerding out over us or whatever. And I was like, yeah. And now it's like all three of those cats are, like, good friends of mine now. And um, dudes that I used to really look up to. I still look up to them. But, um, it's mm. been uh yeah, it's just you know i guess real recognized real at the end, like in at the end of the day, like they when you're doing the same kind of thing, you know especially those dudes like that that inspired me, especially count base d he he's just so uh just dope and just he's a weirdo, just like I am, and i've always right. i've always <laughs> just loved the way his his whole style of like just the way he presents himself musically, it's just dope. And um, So we just kind of clicked, you know. I guess I think that's just a natural occurrence, you know. Um, and then with the MF Grimm thing, uh, that just kind of fell in my lap. My buddy, Zach Hendricks, uh, got hit up by Grimm and his manager and a couple other homies, this guy named Drazlar Monumental, another really dope producer. And they were looking for a show in Seattle. And uh my buddy Zach's kind of the record dude. And uh so they they wanted to hit him up to go dig, but then they wanted to get a show and he does not really have any connections for shows. So he hit me up and he's like, "Yo, uh my my boy Percy wants to get a show in Seattle." And I was like, "Okay, cool. Have him call me."
0: Wait, Percy P?
2: No, per- no, not Percy P. I, I got a Percy P oh, story okay. story though. I'll tell you that. Uh but oh, you uh, do. What? I do. I have a Percy <laughs> P story. Uh uh but no, Percy Percy Carey who's MF Grim and um he, he calls me, this dude calls me, and uh, just out of the blue, just <laughs> I, I've never even, I don't even know who it is, and uh, he's like, yo, this is Grim. I was like, Grim, what's up? Who's this? And, and I was like, Grim, what's Grim? And then I realized, like, oh, shit, MF Grim? And he had got my phone number through Zach, and uh, he's like, yeah, I'm trying to find this show in Seattle, and I was like, just starstruck, and uh, I was like, hell yeah, I was like, how ca- I mean, I have to make this happen, I can't not get this guy's show. Even if I lose money, I'm right. doing it. I don't give a fuck. And uh, it, another kind of a natural thing, like I got him a show here at Vermilion, and um, we hung out and we 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 ate dinner together and we they, we chilled at their Air, his Airbnb, and it was dope. And we just all vibed out. We I brought my sampler over, and we were just doing beats. And Zach brought like a bunch of boxes of records over, and we all bought records from Zach. And it just I think. I think when like-minded individuals um, collaborate like that, not necessarily musically, just just hanging out, it just uh, you know yeah. the chemistry right. starts to happen. Um, you know, so it's 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 just kind of a a natural occurrence, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a strange thing, man. I mean, cause like, so the way i brought that up was uh i had a friend who was almost starstruck right when i when i brought up whoever we were talking to i can't remember who it was he's like oh fuck man like that's that's the real deal he's actually making making money off of his music and shit
2: Who? wait who are you talking and to
0: i can't remember who it was about who about um,
2: count Base d or i'm confused
0: no, so when I hung out with you at one point, oh. there was a guy. Oh, okay. Who he was actually like really popular at the time. And so to me, we were just hanging out in in Everett. Yeah. In Everett, Washington. And we were just doing some freestyling. Yeah. And then I I texted my friend and he was like, holy shit, like that's a big name in music. I'm like, I don't even know who that is.
2: That's hilarious. <laughs>
0: There's some sort of weird disconnect between, uh, you know, people's identity and what the music actually is. Is this
2: the dude you're, you're asking me about though? I still don't know who it is. <laughs> I'm confused. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I don't maybe, remember who that could Maybe one day in. I'll remember. That's funny. Yeah.
0: Uh, it's just weird shit though. Like to see my friend was starstruck by somebody and to you and me, it's just like, oh, we we're just hanging out with a guy. right? You know? Right. Like, does that happen to you very much? Uh,
2: like when I'm, yeah, I mean, you know, there's, you know, I'd be hanging out with people and, um, like my boy Vitamin D, he's this legendary producer out here in Seattle. We be chilling all the time and shit. I'll be chilling with him and you know, people run into us in public and kind of nerd fanboy out over him and shit all right. so it's kind of <laughs> weird but you know it's just kind of a uh, it's all relative I guess and when it's somebody that you've known for so long like like the Macklemore thing man like I've known Ben for forever like I kind of grew up around that guy so like seeing him all super famous now it's like it's it's just weird to me because it's just I still consider him like this dude that i it was just part of my, you know, grew up in the same neighborhood or whatever. My um, Mac Lamar? Yeah, he's from Seattle, and uh.
0: Isn't he super popular? Oh yeah, he's yeah. super
2: super famous. But I'm saying like when he blew up, like I still, like like I've kicked it with him a few times, you know, since that happened, and uh, I don't like I don't, you know, I'm not like that. You know, he's just a normal dude to me, right? Right. But like right. other people look at him like he's fucking god or something. And uh, I'm serious, dude. I had some I have some crazy stories oh, about that. I, you. I saw like women taking their clothes off and like throwing them at him like when we were trying to get pizza no one day and I was like, What the fuck, bro? He had to have like all this all these like he had like three bodyguards. It was nuts, B. And they had to lock us in the pizza place. It was fucking crazy. And I was just like, yo, like I never wanna be this famous ever. So like, you can't even yeah. you sacrifice your social life and everything just to fucking Oh, fuck that. No, no amount of money or fame is worth that. I want to be able to go out and get, you know, get a beer and just chill. God, (laughs) like imagine like imagine you trying to go to to the grocery store, go do something. And like everybody's like there's like this horde of redundant protoplasm just coming after you trying to like (laughs) get something from you. You know what I'm saying? Fuck that.
0: Oh, yeah. No, it was a weird experience for me. So like. I've been trying to get this podcast going and basically I've been trying to interview people locally that have like a difference in the community or that right. that can make some sort of difference in the community and uh, the more and more people yeah. I talk to I start getting like different responses from people within the community so uh, before this fucking podcast crisis or whatever people were walking up to me and they'd be like man i wish you would have talked to this guy a little bit more about that and like all of a sudden it's like i'm getting it's like i'm getting famous on like a really small level
2: that's i mean that's cool man it means you're doing something right
0: yeah Yeah, uh, it's it's cool but it's kind of weird at the same time you know because like i just want to chill and fucking have a good time and talk with people that's all i'm trying to do right you know so, yeah, I, I could see it getting annoying when fucking people are just really obsessing over things. That right.
2: Yeah, no. It doesn't really make it. It gets a to a certain point when, like, people want something from you or expect something from you rather than just appreciating your your friendship right. or whatever. But I experience that all the time. When Everybody wants free beats for me. Or everybody wants free studio time. Or everybody wants me to rap on the record. And I'm just like, yo, like... I can't just do all this stuff.
0: So, okay, that, that's a good point here. Um, so with this podcast, I actually asked you, I'm like, hey, man, you want to do some some beats so we can get like interludes and stuff? Right. Um, do you look at that as the same as people asking no. for beats or whatever? No,
2: because this podcast is, is actually... A way that i can plug things that i'm doing and and promote myself and i get we're just talking we're just hanging out this isn't you're not like it's a two-sided like we're both benefiting from this you know what i'm saying like right. you are not just some random <laughs> I'm you're not just some random soundcloud rapper that hits me up on my <laughs> i'm serious dude this happens all the time well, do you get that oh, dude, all the fucking time and uh really oh uh yo produce my new record and I'm just like, you know, I don't even know you, dog. <laughs> I'm like, well, I want to rap on this beat. I'm like, well, you can, but you got to, you know, it's going to cost you this much, you know, or at least lease it for me, you know. Well, no I already weird. recorded on it. It's like, what? <laughs> so it's just, I, usually, like, that shit gets worked out. I've had people, like, straight up steal, like, download my song or my instrumental or whatever, rap on it mix and master it and everything, put it out on record or put it out, release it and not even give me production credit and like straight up and like straight up say some. let's say like produced by somebody else or say they produced it and shit. What the fuck? And like, I've had to like take cats to like court over that and do season assist and stuff. And uh, in fact, you know, this, there's a song on Shadows called uh, Execs, which is actually, a, it's about that kind of thing happening. It's like, there's this big record label here in Seattle. I'm not gonna name their names because I don't want to start any beef. But I was in a legal battle with them for about a year and a half because they put out. There's this rapper that they released music with. They're this label that like his historically have been like this like grunge rock label, and uh, they just decided recently that they're gonna dip their toes in and start doing the hip hop thing and not knowing anything about it. And so they started signing all these rappers, and they signed this one dude. And they, I produced like three songs, I guess maybe four songs on that record, and um, and it was all beats that I made like six, seven years ago. And uh, and and they released the record, put it out, pressed it on vinyl, and didn't 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 uh, put didn't put my fucking and, uh, oh, and they didn't fucked. it's fucked, dude. And I was like. Firstly, like I was, I wasn't really mad about the financial side of it. I'm like, whatever. Like, this is good. I, I liked how the songs turned out, but um, this is, uh, you know, this is like this is my work and this is like my, my. Um, this is like uh, a yeah, your it's just fucking like my heart and thing. soul, dude. It's, my, it's yeah, yeah, right. It's my thing that I created. And like the the rapper who used them, like I gave him permission to use them. It's like we didn't, he didn't just steal them from me or whatever. But it's more, it was the label more. I guess he should have told them that I produced it. So he kind of fucked up a little bit too. But, um, but yeah, it's fucked. And I was in this crazy legal battle with these ex- record execs just to get. I had to get the. I got the records pulled, and I got my name put on the fucking digital releases, and then and then they re released it with my name on it. And um, I didn't see any money really. But the funny thing is, they're like, "Well, we'll distribute you next record for you." And I was like, "Why don't you guys just put it out for me? Like, sign it, sign me, and put it put out my record for me, you know?" And they're like, "Well, well, your music doesn't really fit our catalog." And I was like, "Well, the three fucking four songs that I produced for you seem to, you know." Oh, yeah. But uh, it's it's it was a crazy crazy story. But yeah, man, I got a lot of people that are just trying to. Straight up, just to steal shit, and um, and it's not, like I said, it's not really the financial thing, which is, you know, I do want to be compensated if some, someone's gonna make a fuck ton of money on a song sure, that I produced, sure. but if it's, you know, it's more but so it just happens. like yo, like, yeah, it does, and uh, and uh, it's more so like just you know, it's like, it's my art that I made, like just put my name on it. It's, you know, I know it's 50-50 kind of thing, but say produced by wisdom or produced by Alex Hop or whatever. Yeah, you
0: know. that's all you need, really. Just right. Something in the de- description, like, hey, this yeah, yeah. this is where the original content came from. <laughs> you know? right.
2: Yeah, sorry, I, I, I tend to ramble, my bad. <laughs> oh, no, no.
0: That's exactly what I want here. That's Trying to get you that juicy content. Me.
2: Yeah.
0: Hell yeah. <laughs> Shit, dude. Man, I'm gonna grab a beer real quick.
2: Okay. I'll
0: be right I'm back. I'm gonna
2: Alright, right, should we stop recording?
0: Let's just keep recording. Keep recording. We'll okay. clap Alright.
1: All right. yeah. Think yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey yo Five fighters, ninjas, Midnight riders. Rock my jet black boots, whilst I kick a rap, with mata, Tostada. When my dinner at your mama's house. I lips the sexier than Maggie in a skimpy blouse. Book down, or oh, I'm gonna change the channel. Walk I head out the door, help my scully button up my flannel. Yo, Randall, I'm not supposed to be here today. Sonics and Nixon 7. Could you hook me with some Perrier? Water. There I go again, I'm living in the past. Can a brother dream, yo? Oklahoma kiss my ass. I leave the cast, in this film is called class. I ride a fucking bike because I can't afford it. Yeah. I'd rather drop my cheddar on the fattest sweat. Uh-huh. Shit you never heard about. So don't and we're live. live.
0: And <laughs> yeah, so uh I did want to ask you though. So you actually got on adult swim?
2: Yeah, I did. Um that was a fucking um it's kind of still kind of a mystery, but I do kind of I do think I might know how it happened, but pretty much I was getting these royalty checks and um, from BMI, which is regular. You get them quarterly. And, uh, and I, you know, they're my usual. Like, I did a couple car commercials back in the day, and I did this thing for this weird Swedish egg cup company thing. And I did some, like, Wait, so uh, soundtrack can, work.
0: Can, can you explain that more? So are you making music for, like, commercials or something?
2: Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So – so there's this there's this agency or like a union almost called b m i um and it stands for like broadcasting and musicians international or so i don't know what it stands for or something like that or broadcasting music something anyways it's uh it's essentially this union or like this force or this company that you register your music through and then they keep track of where it's getting played and where it's getting posted and where it's getting uh, streamed and all that stuff. And they collect the royalties, the streaming royalties and or the the usage royalties uh, for you and then they, they distribute that to you. And um, there's a couple different ones. There's also ASCAP too. ASCAP, which I I used to be with when my first record label I was on, but I don't I didn't like the way they they were set up. I went with BMI later, but anyways, so yeah I I the way BMI works is every uh, was it four, four eight, two, three, Or every three months you get um, a royalty check or if you if you made any money you know and um, I I would uh you know I get a you know few hundred dollars every three months or whatever but they started to get bigger one year and this was 2000 must have been like 2014 2013 2014 and um and they started getting bigger this is just after i moved back from new york so yeah it was 2013 and um i noticed um like an increase in this in these royalties and i looked where they're coming from and i was just like uh, it said like uh, Some sort of broadcast TV thing And I was like Oh it must be those commercials And they must be getting more airplay or whatever So I play the show at LoFi fi A couple of weeks later And this kid comes up to me Or this group of kids And they're these young uh, Hip hop beat maker dudes And they're like yo Wisdom Like we're a huge fan or whatever We're huge fans and I'm like oh thanks man It was weird They came out of nowhere And they're like man We love all your stuff on, on uh, Adult Swim I was like, Adult Swim? What are you talking about? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, you're you're, get, you're getting played on Adult Swim, man. And I was like, really? Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like at first I was like, I should be mad about this, right? Like, cause I'm, they're playing my music and they're not paying me. But then I, I was like, then I thought about it. I was like, wait a minute. That makes, I was like, I didn't believe them at first. And they're like, no. And they sent me the links to the bumps and everything that they're using them on. And, um, uh, I was like, oh, shit, dude. And then I realized I went and actually logged into my BMI and found out that's where these royalty streamers were coming from. Where this royalty money was coming from. <laughs> and they had used, they made three of them. They used three joints, three beats that I fucking hate. And, uh, but they like them. <laughs> of em, course. And it's weird. And it's, it's three <laughs> joints that were on my first record. Um, or not two of them were joints that were on my first record, which was, uh, dollar bin delicacies and um that came out in 2007 it's fire, or 2008 you know that joint? yeah yeah bro it's classic and um that was the record that really kind of put me on the map and um and uh yes they they seemed to catch wind of that and then they used it and they uh, they did it the right way they just they just didn't tell me but they were paying me and everything and it, after that happened it's just like this whole kind of thing just took off and um I was getting a lot more, um, followers and stuff just through the Adult Swim thing, and, um, those aired for about two years or something like that, and then they kind of, I think they finally fizzled out, and they haven't done anything since, but, um, yeah, man, that was, that was crazy, and, uh, it's, uh, I don't know, like, their commercial bumps, you know, like, on Adult Swim, those, like, little, in between, yeah, 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 in between the, uh, shows they have like those little it's like the old ones used to be like all solid black and then they have like white font in the middle right and it would say some stupid joke or something i don't know and um yeah they used a couple of my joints from that but anyways i think i don't know if this is true or not because he won't tell me because i've asked him before but my boy db he's a he's a beat maker and uh just legendary legendary beat maker out of uh california I think he lives in Sacramento now, but um, he was, like, kind of the poster child for uh, uh, Adult Swim back then. Him and Flying Lotus and, like, Mad Lib were, like, the three dudes. And uh, I think he kind of hip them to my music because I was fucking with him super tough at the time. And I think it kind of happened that way, but he won't admit that. I think he wants me to think it kind of happened. They just found it or whatever, but, you know. <laughs> yeah.
0: You got to save that clout.
2: Right. Well, it's nice of them. Sure. I'll tell you that much.
1: Yeah. But yeah. I'll, I'll Actually,
2: I'll send you those videos so you can see them. Oh, that'd be great. I'm drinking that soda water right there. Dude, I'm addicted to this shit. I don't know why. What is it's this? Just, I, you know, I started bartending fucking seven years ago, and, like, the soda gun man like just the soda water I don't know what it is I realized like I quit drinking like actual soda pop after that because like I realized it wasn't like the sugar I was craving Uh, it was just just the fizzy the carbonated shit I'm just like ugh and then I discovered LaCroix (laughs) and I was just like this game changer B like it's weird because like I remember when I was a kid LaCroix was this thing like you uh, you only find it it would be like the last thing in the vending machine at the fucking motel six that nobody wanted right. or it was like in your grandma's <laughs> i'm serious it was right there right next to the diet shasta orange and nobody wanted that shit you know or it, or it's in your it was in your grandmother's fridge or whatever and nobody right. fucking drank it but now i'm just like i love it and um i don't know so cheer and
0: where are you at uh you eat mush have you eaten many mushrooms
2: <laughs> um i've tried mushrooms multiple times and i think it's I just think I've never ate enough or something or I just got bad mushrooms because every time it never really affected me. It just the next day oh, really? I just kinda felt sick and threw up. But uh I mean I'd Whoa. like to I'd like to have a good mushroom experience. I got dosed with acid once, that shit fucking sucked. At work I got dosed with liquid L S D pretty much in this gingerbread and I fucking went on this fucking Whoa. spirit trip for like a day and a half and it was nuts. And um, I thought I was getting, like, possessed by the devil or some shit. Right. I was talking to the fucking gods, but, you know. But, yeah, I'd like to.
0: Mushrooms don't have an effect on you, huh?
2: Well, not necess- I don't think that's the case. I think it's just I've never got good mushrooms, you know. And all the, a lot of the other times, like, I've done mushrooms. I was drinking and I was smoking weed, too, so it's like. Yeah, it's yeah, probably yeah. best to do them by themselves. And I was like, and not. Right. I was not in a good like nature setting or some shit. I should be doing that in like, you know, the fucking Narnia, yeah, you fucking be. you know, Ferngully land. You know,
0: that's something. yeah. You want to be out in the middle of the woods. Yeah, I was at. I was
2: at. I was at like a fi or I was like in my, like I was in my apartment or something. You know, I was in like first time I did them was in actually in New York, and like I was in the middle of Manhattan. Like that's a terrible place to do mushrooms, I think. <laughs> how long did you live in New York I was in New York kind of off and on I bounced between uh, New Jersey and uh, New York but uh, 2000 2010 to 2013 beginning of 2013 yeah long time I, I come back for the holidays and visit my folks out here but I had family over there so I'd go over there and stay with them and I got and pretty much went over there to work on a record and then I ended up getting a job as a bicycle messenger and I uh, was a bike courier that's what I was doing in Seattle before so started working over there thought I thought I'd love the place and then I just started to hate it it's just the quality of life kind of sucked over there <laughs> too it's just way too hard of a grind and and uh, I was struggling, and but I did get, like I said, like you said, like I got to meet so many amazing people. Like I got to meet all these. Like I used to go to the spot called uh, the Fat Buddha Lounge, and uh, like one night I'd be there and be Diamond D DJing, or or Q Tip would be there doing an open mic, or like Bismarck, Seriously? yeah, dude, or Bismarck he was there like just what DJing. I'm telling you, just DJing. I met Cool G Rap. I met J Rude the Damage. I met all these crazy. I mean, they're all locals there, man. Like, it's just, that's where they're from, you know? So it's just, it's weird being like this outsider, young hip hop nerd and seeing that. I was just like, it, that shit was crazy to me. Like, every day running into somebody fucking, like Debbie Mazar one night would be there. And I'd be like, what the fuck?
0: No way. It's crazy. <laughs> <What>? Yeah, dude, <laughs> it was fuck? nuts.
2: It was just like, but they're all like, they're all brooklyn cats like that's that's yeah. their thing they're just there so um
0: man so okay here's a here's a weird question then q-tip renaissance what'd you think of that
2: q-tip renaissance was cool man um i liked i liked how he centered his artwork and like the whole feeling of it around the um the NPC. i think that's the one where he has the mpc on the cover right yeah. the drum machine yeah, yeah no
0: it, it felt like uh it felt like Michael Jackson or something like a pop album.
2: It was kind of poppy, but it was. There's that one. I love that yeah. joint. <laughs> I thought that shit was cool. Um, dun, 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 dun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not the whole record wasn't solid all the way through. For me, you know, it's gonna be pretty hard to top it, the first three. Uh, a tribe called Quest albums. When you're like right. that like right. guy, you know, Q-Tip's great and everything, but I always loved Fife and Ali Shahi Muhammad, you know, and I mean, Dilla had a big part of those records, too, so. Oh, did he really? Yeah, like, well, so there's this production group called The Uma, and it was, there, there was J Dilla, or JD, he went by JD at the time, was JD, Ali Shai Muhammad, and, uh, and Q-Tip, and they produced all those records together. So, like a lot of, like, you know that song, um, um, Drifting Down Suddenly. You know that tribe song, Drifting? That was a Dilla beat. And, uh, Dilla. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Dilla produced that song. He produced a bunch of tribe joints. I can't remember them all, but, um, but yeah. You know, Renaissance was cool. Uh, it wasn't his best. No. Like, I I liked his amplified record before that better, where he's, like, wearing that fur coat and he's all like sprawled out and it's looking like some millennium (laughs) tron legacy fucking i don't know like uh independence day fucking movie cover looking shit right because that one's got that dilla joint on there too that's um that you and me i think we should ride come on come on you know what you're talking about
0: something about Something about Q-Tip really like it. It brought me back to the funk, basically. Yeah. I mean, he had something cool with that. It, it's almost like a dance track or something. It's mm-hmm. almost like the, you know, there's something with the funk in there. So, you brought up Jay Dilla, and uh, so when I think of Jay Dilla, I think of the shit that you're doing, like yeah. So. It's really swingy drums. You're and shit. really. You're really cognizant of uh, what jazz could be, and you're really cognizant of what I guess the, the different the different styles of hip hop that have evolved from this. Right. I don't. I'm not sure what you'd call it, like some sort of phase. Right. I don't know if you want to call it a phase or not, but. I mean, you
2: know, different chapters or different, you know, even different strains of rap or whatever hip hop.
0: Yeah, strains. That's that's a good word. For yeah, it. So, I mean,
2: with D- with Dilla, his whole thing was like this Detroit sound because there's a lot of stuff that right. came out of Detroit at that time that was kind of sounding like that too. And uh, but he kind of invented all that. And um, I mean, he's not my favorite producer, but he is. I will say he is. I mean and that's that's not to say that I don't think he's like one of the greatest of all time he totally is he is to me hands down without a doubt the greatest drum programmer of all time um he was able to humanize his m p c three thousand like the way he was all his drums nobody could i've never heard anybody that was able um, to make his drums to make their drums sound so human like through a machine it was weird and that was what's I don't know. I don't On know
0: how that he did note, it. I I'll say Living in the City, Going Nowhere Fast.
2: What was that?
0: Living in the City, Going Nowhere Fast. There was something about that track that was oh, yeah. fucking weird to me. Yeah. Like, it wasn't the best track. It's not like I'd listen to that over, again, over and over again. But there's something really weird about that track. Yeah. Like, I feel like he captured a moment. He did. Yeah. So I feel like that's kind of what you're trying to do. You're trying to capture moments throughout time and be able to, to make music about it. Yeah. So Jay Dill is really talented with being able to do
2: that. He is, man. He, he is. And it's just nobody, I guess nobody had really come out doing drums like that and just doing this, the whole mellow, super mellow stuff. And, um, just the weird, like, melancholic bass licks and bass lines and just even like some of his joints were like the timing was all crazy. It wasn't even like a four four beat. It was like a three four beat or he'd do a four four yeah. beat with a three bar loop. <laughs> it was just crazy. And it worked somehow, you know? Um And and it was just I think that's what was that's always been so inspiring me inspiring to me about Dilla is that he was he didn't really follow the rules at all, really, with as as far as, like, structure, song structure goes. And I, I've, I've always thought that was pretty cool. That's why, also why I like Count Bass D and Doom, though, too, because those guys are just... Just they do this weird abstract thing. Mad Lib was the same way. Like, just... They just kind of... The rule book just kind of got thrown away. And... Um, <laughs> it, was, oops, it was more about... Uh, yeah, like you said, like creating a feeling or more like a collage or something. I don't know how to explain it. It was like they cut and pasted all this stuff together and painted a picture rather than filling right. in a template or something or doing a stencil. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, man. Um, I, I need to go back and listen to Renaissance, man. I haven't listened to that record forever. I have it on vinyl.
0: Yeah. I mean that's a really weird record for me. I I really appreciate what he was trying to do, but it's not something that I'd listen to every day. Right? But yeah. Man, yeah. there there's something about it that has to be appreciated. Yeah. No. I mean,
2: <laughs> you have to kind of give it a listen. It's you know Q Tip. Q tip's somebody like one of those people. I'm always going to listen to what he puts out at least once. Right. I got I have to give sure. it a listen. You know, because he's, you know, he, like I said, like. I mean, they, (laughs) these artists are the ones who, like, made the crayons that I'm painting the picture with or drawing the picture with. So I got to, like, I have to fucking show respect to them. I don't have to, but, like, I do, you know, I choose to. And, you know, you'll you'll learn something that way. Um, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, fuck, man. You got shit to tend to?
2: No, no, I'm just, I'm just, like I said, I'm out here getting Rona-roinked. Hanging out, <laughs> hanging out with young roan. Just, uh, just quarantining. I'm at, I'm at my, uh, place of work right now, uh, Vermilion. You ever been to Vermilion? I know your brother, no, I used, your brother used to come here all the time. He used to live right across the street. Um, yeah, yeah it's this bar I, I manage and work at and, um, and it's just it's, it's just a really cool place, dude. And it's kind of the center of uh, one of the centerpieces for, like, Seattle live music and hip-hop and stuff. They're here and like, Lo-Fi are, like, the two spots. And, um, right. So, yeah, I'm just here chilling because in my studio I got this, like literally zero Wi-Fi. So it's, like, as much as I wanted to do it in my studio, I had to come here. So I just I get better connection. Okay. Yeah. But no, I don't have any. I ain't, I ain't got shit going on, man. <laughs> yeah. So you're you're up oh, okay. in, you're up, you said north of Bellingham?
0: Yeah, I'm over in uh, Ferndale, Washington. Ferndale.
2: Nice. You're like pretty much Canada,
0: damn near. Pretty much. I'm, up, I'm about 20 minutes away from Canada.
2: Nice. Yeah, man. Do you ever go to Bellingham and chill? There's some cool spots down there
0: yeah it's all right i mean they got some like nightclubs and stuff there isn't really a big local music scene they got the wild buffalo yeah and some people come through on that like i guess snoop dogg was down here fucking a little while ago right but i don't know there's not really much for a music scene
2: there used to be a really dope hip-hop scene up there actually like the problem is everybody moved away everybody moved to seattle or they moved exactly. wherever, moved to Portland or whatever. But for a while there, the Bellingham music scene was, or hip hop scene at least, was dope. Like there was this, there was my boy Hash, who who is actually my manager. I told you about, and um, he became one of my best friends. And uh, he lives down in Portland now. But there's like Hat. There he used to go by the Astronaut, and then there's my boy Wally McGeever, who who now goes by OK Funk. He's dope, dope rapper, dope producer. Uh, IG-88 was up there. My boy Heist, another dope rapper. Um, who else? My boy, lo was up there. Chris, uh, Chris Willis. Jesus Chris, he used to go by. Uh, this, this dude named Crazy Legs, Sea Legs. I always gave him a hard time. Though. I was like, man, you can't name yourself after, like, the most famous <laughs> breakdancer of all time. Whatever. Um he's he's a cool dude though um, my boy deep lemon actually my the dude i um who i started who who, who uh owns low fidelity records with me um he's from bellingham too um there's a lot of dope cats up there man for a minute um there's this group called uh, uh or this dude named uh, beige who uh who's a dope rapper he lives here in Seattle now um, yeah, there was just like, there was a dude named Chance Random Was up there. There's a lot of, it was like this crazy little hip hop renaissance going on. And every time I go up there, I, it would be fun. Like, we, it, it, like, I, I knew that people were going to show up because it was just like this tight niche community. So I'd play these shows at right. like The Wild Buffalo or The Up and Up. And there's this other spot called The Shakedown. And, um, yeah, yeah. There's a spot called Glow Nightclub. That's where I first played. And, um, with this dude named DJ Einstein, and um, yeah, man, it was, it was fun. It was a cool little town, good digging up there, man. There's a couple of little antique malls I like to go and uh, <laughs> antique malls? T- t- take my fingers through. Oh, they got the records though, B. Oh, I'm not, I mean, okay. you know, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I like to go up there. There's some good record digging up there.
0: I thought you were going out there getting some fine china, or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. I like to buy my china,
2: you know, <laughs> my little uh, knickknacks and doodads and what have you. You know. oh,
0: man, yeah, there's a, uh, there's definitely some shit going on up here. Um, so it's kind of funny. I was talking with like government officials, mm. right? So I had a podcast with the mayor of this town I'm in, and oh, nice. I've been talking with, uh, you know, just a bunch of people involved in government, basically. And one chick I was talking to is like. Man, I've got a good connection with some hip hop groups. You should talk to. <laughs> <laughs> I I really think that's a a real thing happening here. Right. That that doesn't surprise me that you got some good good people up here.
2: Yeah, like <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I mean, I did, but the last time I went up there, nobody was really living there anymore. But but yeah, right. I you know, uh, even like Everett, man. There's like a cool little art music thing going on up there now. It's like, um. Uh, you know, there's little, there's little like, little mini movements going on in each little town that's starting to grow, you know? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, man. I mean, everybody just thinks, like, Seattle's the place to be. I mean, like, Seattle's dope and everything, but there's other places to go. Tacoma's popping off, too, man. Olympia, yeah, for sure. Shit.
0: I mean, bro, so when I used to be in a band and, uh, so instead of saying that we're, we're from Marysville, we'd say, Oh yeah, we're a Seattle based band or whatever. <laughs> Just get people involved. You know, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Just so people wouldn't completely fucking ignore you. Right. Just say, yeah, we're out of Seattle. Yeah. I and mean, there's, there's a lot of good stuff happening in Bellingham. There's a lot of good stuff happening in Seattle. Right. Um, I don't know. I, I could see it. It it's just really hard for people to connect to each other. Yeah. Figure out what's actually happening right now. Yeah. Um Man, you got any advice on how to hear like new music or new
2: Oh man new
0: anything right now?
2: Uh I mean I'm gonna sound like a old fucking man right now, but um go and dig, man, like uh, for me like being a record dude like it also depends on what kind of music you're looking for but like i just love buying records and like <clears throat> not knowing what i'm buying sometimes and just listening to it and there's so much music that's already come out that nobody knows about and like i said it's only on vinyl and um like that's like my whole mission in life dude is just to listen to all the good music and um or find it and share it with others um but if you're not if you're not going the analog route like that uh youtube man i'm telling you man i don't know what it is everybody swears by spotify and all this other shit but youtube for some reason for me that's how i stream music and that's how i look up stuff because there's a lot of music on there that isn't on spotify and isn't on uh pandora or whatever the fuck else people are listening to um iTunes or whatever. Um and it's it's great. And if you like I got the YouTube Red or whatever, so it's like 10 bucks a month or something. And yeah, it's kind of pricey, but it's worth it to me cuz like I can like I can bump slaps and shit whatever I want and it's I I can always find something new. I don't have to keep listening to the same shit and um there's a lot of good playlists. It's just weird like Uh, Like, recently I've been on this Brazilian kick. I've been way into, like, Brazilian uh, jazz and Brazilian, like, bassa stuff and Brazilian funk and Brazilian pop and just Brazilian shit. And uh, I'll just find these playlists, like, you know, or, like, there's this artist I like named Marcos Valle right now that I've been listening to a bunch. And uh, I'll put his name in, listen to his shit, and then I'll just let the – I'll just find the song I like, and then I'll just let it naturally play because there's, like, just the – it'll just start playing whatever's next and it'll play all this crazy music I've never fucking heard before and uh, it's, it's a great way to hear new stuff man Like, and it'll be in the same vein or whatever I'm listening to but sometimes it's different sometimes like just some random shit will come up and um, it's amazing and then I just add it to my favorites list or whatever so. yeah
0: hey, you've got a huge variety of shit you're listening to
2: yeah man. I uh
0: so I saw a couple of pictures where you're just sitting there with like you must have like thousands of different things on vinyl.
2: I do. I I do. <laughs> it's that's an uh, understatement. I uh <laughs> I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I uh at one point I had in my personal collection I had like 6000 records or something like that. And Holy um, shit. And uh it's dude it's even worse now. But I purged a lot of that shit and I got it down. I whittled it down to all the really good stuff I got. And I, I in my personal collection now I got about 3,500 records, but then my, uh, I, all, my dad passed away and I kind of inherited his stuff and I got all his record collection. And then I got the rest of the shit that I left in his house from my collection. And then I, my, my buddy and I we bought the uh Seattle library record collection at least a, a little a fraction of what? it yeah the there's this um there's a the Seattle library uh donation centers in my building at Bemis and uh they were they had all these records that were gonna sell because they went all I don't know so, if you heard the downtown
0: okay so you're you're at the Bemis building now.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the building I live. Can you in.
0: clarify that?
2: Yeah, it's it's this art artist. It's like an uh, artist loft live workspace building. Um, there's a bunch of independent businesses in there too, and photo studios and stuff. And
0: so you acquired a bunch of records that they had.
2: Th- well, the C- the Seattle Library Donation Center is is in our building. That's where they're based out of. And okay. what happened was is the Seattle. Public library downtown. They went all digital, so they got they 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 got their whole music database on like streaming services now and, and like digital files. So they got rid of all their analog media, like the tapes and movie DVDs and VHS and all that shit and the records. And um, so they had these boxes of records. They had I don't know, it was, you know two thousand plus maybe not that many. And, um, I mean, that actually, that's a lot, but for, to me, it's not like as much as I thought they'd have, but anyways, my okay. friend and I ended up buying them from them and, um, and we, got so we got that. I picked out all the stuff I wanted and kept it. And then there's that I'm selling. And then I got my dad's stuff that I, so all the stuff from that, that I didn't end up taking. So I got that. And then the rest of my stuff I was selling. So on top of my personal collection. So now I probably got, like, 9,000 records or something like that. Holy fuck. <laughs> so it's I got a lot of records in my life right now. But uh, it's a good thing, man, because it's uh, it's something that I know enough about that I can actually you – know, I enjoy doing it, and I enjoy helping people find new music. And, like, right. <laughs> it's something that I actually can – turn into money a little bit for me, especially during this time when nobody's working. Actually I've been selling I've been selling records to a lot of people. There's a lot yeah. of DJs and beat maker dudes and like just people that want vinyl and uh, I got a lot of it so but as far as like uh like you said you're asking me my personal collection. Yeah, I'm a big uh I I got stuff all over the spectrum. I I got a lot of jazz obviously big my, j- the jazz section is probably the biggest part of my record collection um and then i got the funk and the soul section and then i got my hip-hop section and i got my brazilian section and then i got my boogie section i got all kinds of stuff i got like library records which which are like uh you should check that out actually they're, they're these records pretty much these studio musicians in the 70s and 80s 60s even they would these labels in the UK and all over Europe would pay these musicians to make like music for like movie scenes and like and like uh like uh, lobbies for like museums and stuff like stuff that they could right. use that was public domain and it's called library music so there's all these different like uh I don't know what you call it, like, uh, different records that have, like, it's just, like, music for a chase scene, and it's just, like, all these little 20-second jigs for, like, a fucking chase scene or something.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like how people use clip art,
2: maybe. Kind of like period. clip art, but it was, like, back then, it was, like, this, yeah, is these records, and some of them are, get, a lot of them are, like, boring and shit, but then some of them are really funky and really crazy, heavy drum breaks and shit, and... So I got like I got way into collecting those. It goes all over the place, man. For a while I was just collecting Italian movie soundtracks. That was it. Like all this Giallo film stuff. And like um then I was like way into like just collecting spiritual jazz stuff and then from there I was like I'm I started DJing more and I was like, Okay, people want dance music, I'm gonna start collecting boogie. So I got way into the boogie stuff and uh <laughs> disco. Like bo- oh, yeah, boogie. Was I
0: want to ask you a question here. Yeah. When EDM started getting popular, what was your response? What did you think? I
2: mean, EDM's been popular for a long time. I've, you know, I'm not
0: right. Well, so it it got kind of weird though. Um, yeah. I feel like there was a point where electronic music was starting to change right. in itself. Now it must have been like 4 or 5 years ago where uh, radio stations were starting to play EDM a bunch like where were you at when that started happening uh you were you were still staying true to the yeah shit, i
2: never right? really i never really made any electronic dance music stuff i i did like i did dj at rave once which was crazy uh, with my friends a lot of fun with my friends records and um she she was this like kind of this early rave dj now she's kind of famous but uh she was starting to dj and she didn't really know um she she didn't she she was playing like one of her first raves and she needed help djing like she didn't want to do it all by herself and i was like okay i'm down to help but i was like i i explained to her like i can beat match and do all that stuff but I don't know any of these artists. I don't know any of these songs. I don't know what they're <laughs> gonna sound like. So you gotta like help me pick out what I'm gonna mix next or whatever. But um, so that was that was like the closest thing I ever got to that. But there, you know, there are there are um, types of electronic music I like. Like I do like like early hip house, and I like electro. I love electro. I love like you know uh, the two live crew and like arabian prince and egyptian lover and uh paul hardcastle and i love Kraftwerk. Kraftwerk is like one of my biggest influences in music and um they're just they're so groundbreaking and my a matter of fact rest in peace to florian schneider he was uh one of the founding members of Kraftwerk. he just passed away two days ago and um uh so, the, yeah, there was all kinds of, like, electronic music that I did like. Uh, I'd even consider, like, Flying Lotus slightly electronic. His was, like, kind of EDM-y but sample-based and, like, soulful. Um, there's a lot of, like, modern house, like, like jazz house stuff, lounge house, and that, like, acid jazz stuff that's electronic that I like.
0: Yeah. I, I feel like it was all kind of in the same spectrum because... You say flying lotus like is kind of related to that, but it wasn't quite what we're talking about I
2: mean, yeah you no
0: know, i i I could understand you know if I eat enough mushrooms, then it I might be able to <laughs> relate it to that <laughs> it, it could make sense <laughs> right there's something beautiful about it though yeah um, yeah totally. so what do you what do you think is the next most beautiful? type of music coming out that hasn't been man experienced yet
2: i don't know if it hasn't been experienced but what i'm really excited for right now is i'm hearing all this amazing modern funk being made and like really yeah dude it's 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 crazy and um people like there's people like starting these bands and like doing like real funk and soul music again and it's it's like whoa and they're doing it spot on and um and, uh, and jazz, even, too. There's a lot of, like... I feel like stuff's starting to resurge a little bit. Like, um, to give you an example, my buddy, uh, Zachy Force Funk, he goes by... He's he's in L.A., Zach Hoes, and uh, he's he's a really cool dude. And uh, he makes this modern funk music, and it's just out of this world, dude. It's like... It's like, if you listen to it, it would sound like some, like, Zapp and Roger song from the 80s that you've never heard before or something. And it's like... The way it's being recorded and the type of gear they're using, I don't know how they're doing it, but he's just, he's just killing it and it sounds so good, man. And there's this, there's another band like uh, the new uh, Will Sessions and uh, Amp Fiddler record. It's like this modern kind of boogie funk record that sounds like The Whispers or something or like um, Cameo or something. It's crazy. And it's like, just came out like a year ago. And you would have sworn this record <laughs> came out like in the late '70s or something. It's sick, yeah. Yeah. and that that kind of that aspect of things is like dope to me. Like, um, I'm way into like lowrider soul stuff because uh, I'm like you know Latino, and uh, I grew up like around on my Latino side of my family listening to a lot of um, like we call them Royas, but uh, like old soul music. Can you repeat that? Uh, it's like R-O-L-A-S it's a, it's a slang term for a song Royas or- Royas Yeah okay. Like a badass Royas Which is like a good Like love song You know um, But like There's this dude named uh, Bobby Oroza He's fucking dope And uh, He's like this Young Latino dude Just making this crazy Super soulful Like Just dope Soul music Like modern soul And it's sick dude It's I don't know how to explain it It's just You gotta listen to it It's It's dope And like He's getting traction And he's getting a lot of love And like It's coming back I feel like So that That's what I'm excited for Is like all this People are starting to sway Starting to go back To This timeless music That Yeah Is still great You know I don't know I think that's cool, or finding new ways to adapt it, I guess, to a younger crowd.
0: Uh, so, I've been listening to your albums for the past week, just like in preparation with talking with you, right? Yeah. And I hadn't talked with you for years, but it was crazy just going back through all these these albums that you made. And I'm like, wow, fucking, there's there's a real progression through what you've been doing. You're really trying to do something new. You're trying to really do something innovative. Yeah. It's been fun to listen to. I mean,
2: thanks, man. Yeah, you know, it's it's it changes, you know, over the years. Like, it's also because I was getting better gear and I was learning new different techniques and oh, stuff. Oh, sure. But um, I
0: wouldn't, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't put it down to that. I mean,
2: it's so I just was, yeah, different headspace. You know, I was telling this to my friend the other day, different headspace, different headspace. But I like a lot of the, um, like say for instance like dollar bin delicacies all those beats on there i i listen to them now and i i know how i made them and everything and i know how it all happened but if i ever if i tried to make a song that sounded like any of those today i probably couldn't do it because i'm i'm just it's not that i've like i mean i've definitely upped my my uh knowledge of like and, and techniques and stuff but I think there was something back then. I was still learning so much. I was stu- I was still such a new, fresh, um, musician back then. That, like I was, I just kind of didn't know what I was doing, and that's and that's how I improvised. So to make those rec those songs those beats sound like that, and um, like it's kind of hard to explain to you. But the way I was making those those beats, it was on this on the sampler called uh, I had a uh sp202 and then i had a a tape machine and i would just record i didn't have a it didn't have a sequencer on it so i would just record the beats live i'd play them out on the tape machine and then resample the tape machine back into my the the thing i recorded back into the sampler and just loop it instead of like actually programming the drums and um there's something more human about that i think and i it's just it's so different way I was doing things back then but because like I I guess if you would have like asked me back then like if you would have played me stuff that I was making now to me when I was like to like to dollar bin delicacies wisdom like I I probably would have like been like oh I don't like that or something I don't know or I probably would have been oh in shock or something I don't know different headspace different techniques there's some like i i I look at that I look at those beats on dollar, dollar bin delicacies as like amateur and like and like not my best work, but then I think about it like honestly, I could never even try I could never even make anything like that anymore because I don't even really right. know how I did it really, or like there's this feeling of the way i it was like the the naiveness of me contributed to those to what made those great I think I don't know.
0: No, it, it's the portrait of what makes your history. I yeah, mean, being able to see you as a person through every stage of your life—that's that's what's most important for people. So, especially when you're making recordings, you have to be able to be authentic. Right. To who you were as a person when you made that recording.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like not. It's not just me sitting in my bedroom sampling records anymore it's right. it's actually a thing and like people are like expecting shit from me now and like i all over the world man it's weird and like um so that gives me you know some i may not be like some fucking big successful musician but i'm like it's people like fucking know about me it's weird like these fucking like when when shadows came out 75 percent of the sales went to Japan and like Europe and like it was fucking weird like there's there's some sales in Seattle obviously and then like New York and LA and a couple little small towns in the US but everything else is like Poland and this little town called like uh or this little country called like uh um, Estonia and like just all these crazy little fucking places and like it's cool like it's 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 it's, uh it keeps you it keeps me not discouraged i guess like i feel like if that didn't happen i probably would have not stuck with it so long you know um but then i you know i got it got to a point where i realized like um i realized like uh the reason i really do this is because it's like this therapeutic thing to me like i'm it's um it's uh what's the word? Um it, it gives me like I got all these I got all these ideas and all this crazy creative energy going through my head. It's like I gotta express myself somehow. So it's like almost like like I said, therapeutic. Like if I didn't have it I would go crazy or something. I have so many friends that, like, don't have hobbies or anything, you know? Like, they just, they get up, they go to work, they work all week, and then on the weekend they just go out and party or something, or they, like, you know, they play video games all weekend, which is fine. I play video games too, but, like, they don't have any, like, uh, any sort of, like, expression. Like, they don't, like, you know, I don't know. any You know, they don't, I don't know or something are you a chef I don't know something some way to express yourself
0: I, I think what you're trying to reach is a is a masterpiece right uh, I, I think you're already there man
2: thanks man I appreciate that I, I don't like it's not really necessarily a masterpiece it's just like when I die or when I'm out when I'm pieced out like I want to I want to have something to show for it. I want to leave my mark exactly. somehow I don't want to just fizzle out I want to like leave something so like oh, cats, so. cats can like go back and like they can listen to whatever. For me, it's music, so like they can listen to what I made and be like, "That's that's whiz" or like that's 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 so much cooler to me, man. Like to think that, you know, someday someone's gonna be fucking at some thrift store or something after I'm dead and they find like an old cassette tape or a CD or a record or something that I put out that. You know, it wasn't successful at the time, but it might change their life when they listen to it or something, you know, or they they might, you know, because there's so well, much shit that I've found it later on that people have passed away, you know, that I am inspired by.
0: I don't know. What, what gets me, though, is
2: imagine
0: if you could share your masterpiece, right? Right. And then you could just let it go, like... Let go of your masterpiece. Yeah, that gives you the room. That gives you the knowledge. That gives you the understanding to start working on a new masterpiece.
2: That's where you, right? Are. Yeah, um, yeah, that's true. I need to let go of shadows, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, it's. Oh,
0: well, that was in 2017, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's weird man It's a good fucking album It is It is And um I'm proud of it I really am And uh It's it's. You should be Yeah it's It's Like I said for me It was like my first rap joint So it's like Rapping to me Is still kind of this Um I'm still very nervous It's still kind of a foreign Area to me Um Because I've been producing Since I was I've been doing beats Since I was 14 That's 17 years now almost And uh and um, like I've been doing the the raps for maybe I don't know six seven years, sorta. And um, it's just weird. Like I I think the main thing is like there's so many dope MCs and rappers out there that I listen to, and I I should be getting inspired by them, and I kind of do. But then I listen to one of them, and I hear how good they are, and like so prolific, and I'm just like, man, like I could never ever like. Do anything remotely close to that, and Is like I, for me it's like I need to just leave that to those guys, and I'll t- handle the beats, so that's kind of what i've been my headspace has been at lately, but you know I also want to rap too um it's weird, man Writer's block's a weird thing
0: so let me let me say it like this like if I were to introduce you to this podcast here, I'd say that you're an American producer songwriter hip hop artist yeah fucking beat producer yeah I don't know rapper like you've got all this shit under your belt yeah right so if I were if I were to try to introduce you as anything I would have just a list full of shit that you've done yeah that's something that you have to understand
2: and respect right yeah yeah it's not like I'm trying to sell myself short, man. I just
0: no, like so I, I don't want to say like, yeah you know, let's put it this way. Um, if you feel like you're going to try to humble brag or something, that's not the case. What you actually do, you get the shit done. You yeah. have tracks, you have fucking mixtapes, you have albums, you can back up everything you've done.
2: Yeah. Yeah, man. You're doing um,
0: what you want to do.
2: Yeah, you know I am.
0: There's a the lot of I people out there live. that like, can't I, say that.
2: Yeah, like I don't want to you never know, you know, life's so short and precious, man. You got to you got to enjoy it and I enjoy doing what I do. Um and uh, like I said, like it doesn't even matter like about
0: yeah, it, it like, I don't. Matter. I don't it owe
2: anybody. It. I don't owe anybody anything. Like anything, really. Right. I just. I need to to stay true to myself and like more musical come, man. I know it will. It's just. It's just a process, and um, I'm not trying to rush myself necessarily. Um, no, you've got
0: I, beautiful music, dude.
2: Thanks, I man. I have to
0: say that. I mean, I could even put it this way: It's like I've got mushrooms burning a hole in my pocket right now it's like <laughs> yeah i could just like go eat some shrooms and have fun but yeah i gotta tell you listening to your music really brings the enjoyment out in life
2: yeah man right? I, tr- I I just try to make something that's authentic you know and yeah. um it, and it uh,
0: brings that out in me right i can't deny it i've listened to it on headphones i've listened to it in my car the music you're making is really good for people. Thanks, man. I just, I just want you to know and respect that.
2: I, I, I do. That's and why I'm I, talking I to appreciate you, right you now. saying that, man. Because I don't, I don't hear that nearly enough. So, um, I know it's special, and I know it's authentic, and I know it's, um, it's important. And I gotta, rem- you know, I need to be reminded of that more often. You know, like, cause, you know. I'm so hard on myself, I feel like, and uh, it's, um, no, it means a lot, man, like, it's, uh, being an artist is so weird, it's like you're at the mercy of everybody else's judgment, you know, And, um, and it's like this kind of, like I said, there's this level of discouragement that happens when you see when something like goes wrong like after like when i put out mostly crew and it just fucking flopped um i was just like damn like (laughs) maybe i like it just kind of brought me down but i managed i managed to put out uh shadows and it did great uh you know it did amazing and um and it's you just can't you got to experience ups and downs like that this is part of being an artist um but it's, you know, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world, man. You know, it's, I've done it for so long. Like, even in high school, like, all my friends were out partying and, you know, they wanted me to, go. I never really wanted to go out and do anything. I just, I, they'd always make fun of me, you know, I'm just staying at home messing with my records and my, sam- my little drum machine or whatever. But, you know, now they understand why. And, um, and, uh. It's just something that I felt like I had to do it or something. I don't know. It was just, it was, I still feel like I got to do it.
0: It's amazing. It's it's an amazing thing that you're doing. doing. Thanks,
2: man. This podcast is cool too. I've always admired. (laughs) Well, I'm just saying like, it's, it's cool. Like I've always admired that people are consistent. I like consistency and, um, podcast thing is just like, a. it's very, you have to be consistent with that. And, um, I don't think, like, people have approached me telling me that I should do a podcast. My dad and I were actually going to do one before he passed away. um, But, uh, yeah, man, it takes dedication, and it's an art form itself, you know? You're finding people, and you're finding subjects to talk about, and that's cool. um,
0: I've been working on on it for years. That's
2: cool, man. That's great. That's really good. It might
0: not feel like it, but... This is years of my life put into this, and I'm just trying to show you how much I appreciate what you're doing.
2: Hey, man, I, I appreciate you appreciating. I appreciate that you appreciate. <laughs> yeah, man.
0: All right. Well, I might be a little bit too stoned now. I got he's a
2: hymen. He's, he's a high man. He's a hymen. <laughs>
0: So uh, man,
2: I gotta come hang out with you, B. Damn, you're all fucking.
0: Oh hell yeah! God damn. Yeah, if, I'm so if you want to hang out anytime, I'm done for it.
2: Uh, you and your brother and I need to get together, man. I need, I need to get the fuck out of the city, man. I, you know, I grew up in the city, and it's just like it's uh This place drives me nuts after a while. It's just like I actually value going, getting out of, getting out of the the noise, for a extended period of time. So it'd be.
0: Uh, Brandon's actually. So I, I've been talking with him about like, you know, maybe things we should talk about or whatever. And like, you know, been I've been trying to figure out how this podcast should go. Right. I don't feel like I've touched on anything about that, to be honest. Like we've just been having a good conversation. So if you want to hang out with me and Brandon, we're down for that anytime. Uh, I'd love to, man.
2: I'd love to. Yeah. Let's, let's eat some mushrooms and let's fucking, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Talk to the talk to the uh, the trees or whatever. I don't talk, <laughs> talk to some frogs or something. I got frogs. I'll talk to them. You
0: know what I'm saying? Yeah, bring your frogs along. Yeah, on. I'll bring my
2: frogs. We can inter- we can interview them on your podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> okay. So uh, anyway, I feel like I should be getting to sleep soon here so um do you want to plug anything do you have like um social media i don't really
2: have anything i I guess i do have a um i do have i should announce this i haven't announced it really yet but i'll I'll announce it officially on your podcast um i signed a record deal with this with this label called um thrash flow uh they're out in atlanta georgia and um, that's Count Baze D's label, and uh, I'm gonna do a instrumental album with them. And so, yeah, I'm gonna do that. And then through Low Fidelity, my label, we're gonna um, we're gonna I just got Shadows mastered for vinyl, so we're gonna be pressing that up on vinyl pretty soon. So I'm really excited about that, and um, it's gonna be a special one because it my. My dad recently passed away and he, he was so proud of Shadows, man, and um he always want, he he's like kept telling me, you know, he's like, This needs to be on record, this needs to be on vinyl. So what I'm gonna do is um You don't
0: have it on vinyl yet?
2: No, I don't. I don't have anything on vinyl yet, not of my personal stuff. I've I've i produced stuff he for can other...
0: If you put that on vinyl, I'll buy it right now.
2: Oh no, yeah, you'll get one easily, man. Don't worry about that. Um Um uh what was I saying? Sorry uh uh. Anyways, i what I'm gonna do is in honor of my dad, I'm gonna um I'm gonna get his ashes pressed into like the first like twenty copies of the record. And um oh, I think he'd like that. Yeah. And uh yeah. So I it's it's it just needs to happen. And it's it that's that was my most successful record. You know, I got Seattle rap album of the year and everything and it's just like it's just something that I, I feel like I need to Immortalize in a wax, so you know yeah. it's so, something that needs to happen. But yeah, that's the uh, only thing I got it, to plug. What else do I got to plug? I don't know. Uh, I'm working on a joint with my man uh, Grief78, who's uh, we we used to be in this group called G Wiz together, and we put out a record called Dope Definite back in the day, and uh, it's probably one of my favorite records I ever put out. And um, we're doing a kind of a sequel to that. And um, but yeah, if you want to see yeah, look me up online. Google W I Z D U M B, all caps. Uh, there you go. You can, you can find me on uh, Bandcamp uh, W I Z D U M B dot Bandcamp dot com. Uh, I'm on SoundCloud Soundcloud dot com slash uh, W I Z D U M B two oh six. Just look me up. Wisdom W I Z D U M B all caps. Your mom's favorite rap producer. <laughs> And uh, thanks for having me, man. Oh, and shout out and shout yeah. out to Weasley Snipes. Sne- <laughs> I used to call him. I used to call. I used to call him Sneasley Wipes. I was like, Yo, but you gotta Weasley blow your nose, Sniped. son. Oh, man. Sneasley Wipes. Yeah, he, he totally
0: gave that thing up. Oh, man. That was a good ass name, though.
2: I like. I like that better know, than right? Crooked Teeth. Weasley Snipes was kind of fresh. But I'm yeah. dude. I'm I'm weird, dude. I like weird ass names like that. Yeah. Fuck, man. Like, I want to do, I I want to do like a, my my homie Hash and I would be, we'd be making up like just random ass rap names. And we're like, yo, like, we got to do like a hippie rap album. And it'll be Dale Patchouli featuring Chakra Khan. And then the album will be called (laughs) Charge It to the Crystals. And then it'll be like, we do like a Pen and Pixel style album cover, like the old Mystical Master P album covers. You know what I'm saying? It'd be so clean. And, and, And instead of like Diamonds. Instead of like fucking like big ass fucking Duke ropes and shit, like be wearing like hemp johns and shit. You know, you know what I mean. Counting yeah. <laughs> our weed money. I don't know, bro. We have all kinds of dumb ass names like that. Anyways, man. Fuck, bro. Oh man. <laughs>
0: yeah. Anyway, sorry. No, I know. Uh, my wife's fucking probably trying to go to sleep soon, so I just gotta shut the podcast down. God uh, damn, bro! Like,
2: yeah, man. Good. We uh, should probably do this
0: a little bit more often.
2: Yeah, I'm down. I'm down to come back anytime. Just so let me know. Now that we figured out how to do this, I'll try to get a better uh, situation, here, recording situation. This is kind yeah, of Franken- yeah, no Frankenstein point. mode right now, but <laughs> that's what I'm doing. It's yeah. all good. All right, bro. Uh, it was good catching up with you, Jay. Uh, oh yeah. I'll talk to you uh I'll talk to you soon, man. Thanks for having me.
0: So wisdom. Yeah. Buy buy the fucking album over yeah. on Bandcamp.
2: Yeah. You it's on it's on SoundCloud copies. and it's on uh, iTunes and uh Spotify too and all that shit.
0: Yeah. No, I've been listening to it all week. It's fucking great. Thanks, Just fucking man. throw some money at it, man. Buy a physical copy, buy the discography. It's great. I uh, you,
2: you buy me my lunch. That's my lunch money. Hell, yeah. uh, you'll feed. I got frogs to feed. Give me, give me. I gotta feed these kids.
0: Yeah, no, I'm buying that shit here soon. Hey man. All right, love you, brother. Love you, you too, me. man. Have a good night.
2: Yeah, you too. Peace. Peace. Rhymes get enabled pins hit the pad While styles bless the table Mixing up the cables Rising from the ashes Phoenix praying mantis
1: Bled into the crash shit Camouflage Getting busy with the rap mirage Shout out to the gods For putting giblies in my garage Peace to hajj I got the ill structure Able to bust ya New jack's with the buster
0: So yeah, that was Wisdom Uh Let me know what you guys think The very first song that played at the beginning of the podcast was Bust the Format, and that's on his new album Shadows. Uh, The second song that played in the middle is Baked Goods, and that is on bass mentality. The song you just heard a little bit of is After Hours, featuring Uzi and Hash Adams, and the album is Mostly Crew. Uh, Let us know what you guys think, and make sure you go over to... Uh, wisdom.bandcamp.com uh, follow them on Spotify, iTunes wherever you get your music
1: and uh, yeah thanks for listening guys peace